Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, and I'm joined this week not by Denise Salcedo, but by Angela from Hobby Night. Hi, Angela. Hello, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Excellent, it's good to hear. I mean, and it's wonderful to have you on the show again. We had a lot of very positive feedback to your appearance on the SmackDown review last Saturday. Um, Awesome. I also thought it was uh, great as well. But yeah, we had a lot of uh, loving messages to people being like, Angela should be on the show more. Get Angela back. So thank you well, so much. Well, I am happy to be here. You, can, you guys can keep having me on as much as you want. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Um, we're going to jump straight into the main show and then we'll have a longer discussion in the outro portion of this show because we've got a lot to dive into, a lot to discuss today, breaking down all of the news about Sasha Banks and Naomi, what it all means, what's next for them. We talk about AEW. We also talk about Disney movies. Yeah. Here is the show. This episode is brought to you by our friends at HelloFresh. So, Angela, uh, as uh, many people know, I am a newly crowned DAD. I'm a father, and as a father, I have very little time to actually make meals. And I love cooking. I'm a big, big fan of cooking. I love the preparation of cooking. I love the theater of cooking. I love the presentation of cooking. And since I had the kid, I've not been able to do that much because Mm. the little blighter needs me. And I have to... How dare she? I know. I've got to do things for the little idiot. So I have to, like, feed her. And then I have to bath her and put her to bed. So something like a HelloFresh, which just sends me all the pre-prepared ingredients in a box and really simple to follow instructions is right up my alley. So HelloFresh, please do click the link in the video description down below, because if you use our link, uh, which is May 16 you get up to 16 free meals and three surprise gifts across six HelloFresh boxes, plus free shipping. Once you click my description, it will live update to count up the amounts of purchases I have been told. So oh, very, very cool. I am a big, big fan of HelloFresh. We got, I've had some few boxes over the last few weeks, and bloody hell, it has made my life so much easier. Because I'm also, Angela, fun fact, terrible at shopping. Oh, that's, I will, 
that's uh, it's not that hard Luke. well no, okay well here's what i do angela so say i want to make a korean uh coleslaw right mm -hmm. So I'm getting, I, and I was like, okay, well, I need a white cabbage, I need a carrots, and I need this and the other. Mm -hmm. uh, what I will end up doing is buying more carrots than I need. Ah, uh, and... I see, I see. So you just like overbuy, and then you just have so much excess food. Well, HelloFresh is perfect for that because they give you the, the proper portions, right? That's I'm actually, exactly I'm actually getting my first HelloFresh box tomorrow. I signed up very recently <laughs> and I'm very excited because I have a big new kitchen to work in and I want to get back into cooking because it's something that I haven't done in a really long time. So I'm excited for it superb deal hello fresh please do click the link in the video description down below right angela let's get into the let's get into the business because on monday night it came out it was reported first by pw insider that sasha banks had taken issue with the creative that she had been presented with at monday night raw and after some discussions back and forth with vince apparently some discussions with producers as well mm -hmm. she and fellow tag team champion naomi walked out of Monday Night Raw walked out on WWE during the broadcast, forcing WWE to change the main events, change the finish off set main event, change their pay-per-view plans. And they also released a statement about this. We'll get into all of that in a little bit, but I, I wanted to ask you first, because I've kind of talked about this on the Raw podcast, yeah. uh, which is available in the archives, available on this channel. Uh, what did you make of the story when it first came out? I was a little bit surprised. I didn't blame Naomi or Sasha for walking out at all. Um, especially the weird statement that WWE put out there about how they were upset with like, or they thought somebody was unsafe. I was like, I just feel like that's not true. Like it just seemed really kind of bogus. So I assumed something else was going on and therefore just was like, yeah, it's probably worth walking out if they were doing something creatively that you were just not into and didn't want to be a part of. And that's kind of what it sounds like it might have been. Yeah, it really does feel like it was... It, the WWE statement is really weird. And it's because they don't do this sort of thing. Like they don't put out statements. Sean was saying, uh, Sean Rossap over on the, the Fightful uh, post review, they sure they were doing for Raw, said mm -hmm. that he always approaches WWE for a statement on any story that he runs, always approaches them for a statement, and he never, uh, very rarely gets one. Doesn't yeah. even get statements when he asks about people being released. He didn't ask for this statement. They sent him this statement. They sent him this statement. They sent Dave the statement. They sent Alvarez. So they forwarded this statement out to the press as almost a way to get ahead of the story. Yeah, I was going to say that feels like they're trying to cover something. Exactly. Yeah, we had a someone ultra chatted in on the Royal Podcast said like my mum works in PR and she read the PR like the, the thing and she said this feels like someone who is spinning a narrative. This is someone who was like we need to get our version of the story out there now. Which has been interesting because, like, from my understanding, Sasha and Naomi have been very silent about things since they've left, right? Like, they've not... A, haven't said a word. Yeah, so, like, it's so weird to me that WWE felt the need to really immediately jump on this, send out a statement when they normally don't, when both women have not done anything other than leave the championships behind and walk out. And I know that, like, you know, I've, I've seen people saying that it's a little unprofessional to leave on like the day of an actual show. But for me personally, I'm not surprised that a change had to happen because WWE does that all the time. So I don't really think as a fan, it impacted the actual like cadence and flow of the show. And what's going to happen at the pay-per-view is inevitably going to freaking change anyways. So like it, that doesn't matter. Yeah. So the, the story goes is that, uh, 
Sasha, the plan was a six-pack challenge with Sasha Banks, Naomi, Asuka, Becky Lynch, uh, Dewdrop, and Nikki A.S.H. And mm -hmm. the there's some conflicting, and what I find very fascinating about this and why I wanted to do this as the podcast, is the conflicting stories about what's the plan, what were the finish was going to be. Right. Because on one side of things, you've got this guy who was posting up on Twitter, and he did this ahead of WWE statement and Fightful's report. I do, I do need to add that. Who was apparently friends with Naomi, and he was the one who was getting their statement out, getting their side of the story out there. He said in that that the plan was for uh, Naomi to pin Sasha Banks. And that was going to set up Naomi versus Bianca Belair at the pay-per-view, and Sasha Banks would then do an angle, and she would face Ronda at the pay-per-view. But Sean's report is that the tag teams were never going to interact Naomi and Sasha Banks were never going to fight. Nikki and Dewdrop were never going to fight. And it was actually going to be Naomi pinning Nikki. And that was going to set up the pay-per-view match. So there's always these conflicting reports, which I always find very, very interesting about this. Yeah. And so what Sasha proposed was that, well, Sasha and Naomi, so we don't know exactly which one it was, but the reports have all said it's usually Sasha in this, said that, well, what does this mean for the tag titles? What does this, what, we have had these tag titles now since WrestleMania and we've had no stories with them since. What does this actually mean for the tag team division and women's wrestling as a whole? And they were like, doesn't really mean anything. You're just holding the belts. You're here to make the single stars look bigger. And they weren't really cool with that. So they proposed and said they would do them versus Nikki and Dewdrop at the pay-per-view. WWE said, nope. And actually, I mean, Dave Meltzer writes in the Observer is like, in fairness, they did beat them clean last week. So why would a pay-per-view match make that any difference? And they came to a conclusion where they weren't happy. Apparently, like, it's so weird because, like, Adidas had statement on Twitter said that, I mean, I've actually got the, the quote here. It said that they had a meeting with the boss. Your boss takes the meeting and everything is going really well. He understands your concern. The meeting ends well and the match is told to be reconstructed. And then the producers of that match and the producers of the show are the ones that got mad about it. But according to all the other reports, Vince never changed his mind. Vince yeah. was always 100% always this is the direction we're going. Um, we'll get onto that in a little bit because there's some theories surrounding that. And in the end, Sasha and Naomi made the collective decision to walk into John Laurinaitis' office, hand over the women's tag team titles with their suitcases packed, and walked out the door. When they walked out the door is still pretty unclear. Like, there's mm -hmm. some people say that it was before the show, some people say it was during the show, some people say it was just as the show started. Uh, but yeah, either way, they walked out the door. I'm not sure it really matters when they actually walked. It's more just that they made a statement and went, We aren't happy with this. And you don't respect these belts so you can have them back. Because that's really yeah. kind of how I feel like them leaving them especially is more like, well, you don't really care about these. So we're not going to care about, about these. Here you go. Yeah, exactly right. We're going to go uh, do something else for right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're Sasha Banks, you're like, I've probably got quite a few offers like on the table ready for me to like look Yeah, I mean, at, she so. can just jump back into doing stuff for Star Wars and any other acting that might come her way. Like that, that'd be great. I'd love to see more of that. So the the statement that Debbie released is interesting, but like the the guy, the Adidas head guy, like mm -hmm. there's a this was from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Said uh, the statement is notable because of the decades old Vince loves us, but that damn producer screwed us narrative that's in full force. The statement noted that their meeting with McMahon claimed everything went well and he understood it, but it was the producers that screwed things up and got mad at them for not doing what was originally booked. In reality, McMahon was the one insistent on not changing the plans for the pay per view. Told others who informed them, and they thought the producers had reneged on the agreement. McMahon always operates with the idea on the day of the show to get the planned and advertised match in the ring, unless he himself 
wants to change it. Some laughed about the WWE release because the company so frequently advertises ma uh, matches and doesn't deliver on them because McMahon changes his mind, as well as factors that come up like health issues with talent. In the sense, that's why a change in a match on Raw would be such a big deal. But changes because two people walk out are very different than the usual reasons for changes in what's been planned or advertised. Obviously, being told to fix their attitudes didn't go well with them, but from the post, their side of the story was to deny there was any issues working with the other women, which was WWE's big argument. The reason why this match isn't happening is because Sasha and Naomi felt uncomfortable being in the ring with two of the competitors. Which I did not believe as soon as I read it. I was like, there's no way that's absolutely true. Like, there's no way that's true. They've never, or at least recently, I've not heard of anybody in the women's division being claimed to be like unsafe or anything. No, they, it, it is an incredible thing to say. This is what they said in their statement. Uh, quote, they claimed they weren't respected enough as a tag team champion. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they've had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. End quote. Uh, and Sean broke down in the Fightful Slate report. It's Becky and Asuka that WWE were alluding to. Which and, I don't get. Yeah. So th there's no way. Absolutely no way. And like, I don't know anything here. I don't know Sasha and Naomi personally. I don't know Becky and Asuka personally either. But like, as a fan and as someone who's been watching this product for a long time and has seen the way they interact, there is absolutely no way that Sasha and Naomi looked at Becky Lynch and Asuka and said like, well, I think that I'm uncomfortable being in the ring with them. I know. I was thinking the same thing, especially Sasha, considering she has fought both women multiple times in NXT. Yeah, like, exactly. And on the main roster. No way. And on the main roster, they've had, like, actually, WWE right in their statement. They've had lots of matches yeah, together. Yeah, tons, tons. Both, yeah, on both programs. So... Uh, that was the uh, that was their statement, and then Fightful had the report about Naomi pinning uh, Nikki Ash. Uh, those close to the situation said that Naomi and Sasha Banks didn't claim they didn't want to work with Becky Lynch or Asuka. Um, instead, we're told that Sasha Banks and Naomi were angling to work with Nikki and Dewdrop at the pay per view. The talent themselves hadn't heard that Sasha and Naomi considered anyone unsafe until the statement was released. WWE talent also got the statement on their internal talent relations app, which, as I pointed out in the Raw review, also means Sasha and Naomi got this statement. <laughs> which must have been something <laughs> yeah i i that reaction would have been probably fun to see <laughs> very just suddenly angry but it's what i find interesting here is that over the last few days then there have been two sides to this story yeah. um, sorry stop my microphone there there has been the side that has been with sasha and naomi they stood up for their rights. They stood up for their creative. They stood up against bad creative and they walked out on the company. We have been asking for wrestlers and uh, stars to stand up for their creative. This is bad creative and I do not want to do it. Yeah. And they took the stand. We are going to walk out. So that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is that the creative they were given is not as bad as some others are getting. And I, really, this creative was you're going to win and then be one of the featured matches at a pay-per-view. There are people who are getting way worse than that. Um, I'll get into some Fightful's notes on that, but I thought I'd get your your take on this first off. So when it comes to them, like not necessarily having the worst situation, but still not being happy with their creative and deciding to walk out, I, I understand because like, if the plan legitimately had been to have them go and like separate ways and not separate ways like not split the team or anything like that but you know the ronda and then um i'm blanking on the name right now uh bianca match then and then to lose and then also to not further their own belts it does kind of sit there and go well 
what's the point of me having this? What's, yeah, exactly. why did you bother giving me this title, this, you know, extra responsibility to lift the team up this extra and not actually have carry to carry do my anything luggage as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Having to carry it around, do stuff with it, but you're not letting me actually use it. You're not letting me actually defend it. And instead you're having me eventually lose and make like those belts feel even less important and me subsequently less important. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I think they did the right thing. Like I would have, I would have left. Yeah. If that I, was the case. I liked Sean put it on um, the sour graps uh, over on the, their Patreon said like, they didn't want the tag titles to be used as fodder for singles feuds. Yeah. Completely like completely agree you shouldn't be and i know that like wwe doesn't care about their titles anymore like they don't really hold them in high prestige unless it's the one that's on reigns um and i guess the usos with the tag team but that's just because part of the bloodline but if it's not around him it doesn't seem like it really matters which is sort of a weird thing honestly considering naomi is married to jimmy uso right mm -hmm. and uh you would think that maybe they'd like want to bring them in to the bloodline like why yeah. not have the women's tag team and have even more belt surrounding your top champion yeah i mean like Ro i think it was i think it was roman or all the usos did an interview like actually like last week or so where they were like we would love to have naomi as part of the bloodline faction because yeah. it makes sense and fans have been asking for that for a long while as well like that completely adds up to put her into that group i also just think in general people want to see more mixed like groups like i it's really so cool about judgment day Yes, yes. Like that was a great call. I want to see. Like I need an AEW for House of Black to finally get um, Julia Hart. Julia Hart. Yes, because like, I mean, I'm, like it's. it's I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm ready for that storyline to be done with because that storyline has been told for like months and months and months. And as I've always said in the show, there's a difference between long-term storytelling and a story that takes a long time to tell. Yes, yes. But but the point is, is that. A lot of these factions, I think, would benefit having some women added into them. 100%. And Bloodline would absolutely be great with Naomi. And frankly, you can add Sasha in there just to have the extra, like, we brought her into the family. Yeah, absolutely. Paul Heyman's there. Like, exactly. That's exactly write, the point. You can easily write in the line, she is part of us now. She is part of the family. Welcome to the family and stuff. I Easily could be done. And it would be um, really cool. Yeah, it would be really cool. I, what I, I find so fascinating about this story as well is that you've seen a lot of uh, wrestling journalists putting out their sort of what their sources are telling them. So like mm -hmm. Dave Meltzer has had his sources. Brian Alvarez has had his. Mike Johnson, Wade Keller, and Sean Rossap. And you look at one side of that, Brian, Dave wade mike the old guard the guys who've been doing this you know in dave's case since the 1970s in brian's case since the mid 90s like a lot of these guys have been sort of like you know the way that they have framed it and the way that their sources have put it and sources are always looking to push a narrative no matter who your source is they are looking to push a narrative to you i have had wrestlers tell me things because they are looking to push a narrative and they want me to say it like this is what i've heard right this is on the other and all of their sources have been the ones that like, no one is on that Sasha and Naomi side. Everyone is against them. They've got all this major heat because they walked out on the show. They think it is a it's poor etiquette. It is unprofessional, which is what Corey Graves, not him directly, but being fed a line said about them on Monday Night Raw. And then you've got like Sean on the other side of things, which is like, it's a lot more mixed than you would expect. And I'm unsurprised by that because 
like you sent me on in the DMs, like Shayna Baszler's praise of yeah. them and like the defense of them was yeah. very much standing up for them. She absolutely was. And she was also being a badass by quoting a, a Primark from Warhammer 40k, which was also just super cool. Um, but yeah, no, it, like, it did seem like a lot of people were supporting them. So it does seem super weird that, um, I almost said Kim's Workshop, <laughs> WWE. <laughs> um, which is a lot like WWE when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, they both, yes, yes. <laughs> I've made that comparison in my own videos of being like, eh, well, it's like when WWE does this. Um, but yeah, I just like, it's it's such a weird mixed narrative. I think I'm more inclined to believe that it is actually a bigger, more mixed problem than what WWE is trying to lay out, which makes sense. I mean, they're trying to cover their own butts and, you know, make themselves look better. I agree, yeah. And I, this was what Fightful uh, reported. This was on Wednesday. This is what they posted. Uh, one talent indicated that they often see criticism of WWE's handling of champions, the tag team division, the number of women's tag teams, and the booking of women in general, but see it even more when, uh, when even, sorry, but see even more criticism when talent stand up against it. However, one consensus among those that we talk to is that leaving during a show you were scheduled for before that segment is something that is likely to lead you getting buried throughout said show. One long-time WWE talent was quick to point out that not even Steve Austin's walkout was done in that fashion. He was gone well before the show in question. Another female talent indicated to us that they didn't see anything particularly egregious worth leaving the show over, but understand the creative frustration. Contrary to other reports, we've spoken to numerous talents in and outside of WWE that have been supported, uh, supportive of Naomi and Sasha Banks' stance at the duo in general. However, the much larger population lies in the not being happy with creative is fine, walking out is fine, but walking out during the show isn't fine camp. In regards to reports of Sasha Banks not being liked backstage, we had heard from several times that things have seemed to ease up in that regard in recent months. I, I'm confused how walking out's okay, but walking out during the show is, because like with the way that WWE's shows function, because they constantly are changing last minute, when else would they have walked out? Yeah, it's like, like do, you, do you do the show and then walk out, like, and then say, but yeah, I'm not going to go to the pay-per-view? Yeah, like, it'd be more, it's more impactful to just not do that show, but you'd have to be there to find out if they've actually adjusted or done what you asked for or discussed. Like, yeah, I think there was no other choice for them to I, I, not be there. I, I don't know quite fully where I, I, I fall on this, because I, like, I agree that I think walking out I think is the right thing. I think standing up for your creative is always the right thing to do. And I think standing mm -hmm. up for yourself is always the right thing to do. But there's that part of me. Actually, me and Ollie made this comparison on Raw. Like, you can do that and be unprofessional and they are one in the same thing. Like, walking out during a show is unprofessional. Yes. But having said that, like, as Sean puts it here, one person close to the situation believed that the statement WWE put out during the show was a way to pit talent against each other. And that's like... And then that makes me think, like, God damn, absolutely right walk out on that company because that is a toxic working environment. That's that's why I don't like that's why I am in full support of it. Everything in WWE's history has led me to believe that they have only themselves in their best interest, like and their talent isn't necessarily always part of that. And so I like I completely agree. I just yeah. I think them leaving during the show is what they should have done best because it's what's best for them, honestly. Which brings up the question then really like, which is what is next? 
Like, what are mm-hmm. the next steps here? Uh, Meltzer writes in The Observer, WWE have not made a statement since Monday. They've not stripped Banks and Naomi of the tag titles, nor suspended them. There was nothing past internal speculation on what would be next, such as filing the t- uh, filling the title vacancy, if need be, or the business end of handling the situation ago. Um, so, yeah, it is... They're not going to release them. I don't they're, think they're going to release them. 100% they're not going to release them. And Meltzer makes this point here in The Observer. A few months ago, there was a segment on SmackDown where Charlotte Flair went against the script and wouldn't hand Becky Lynch a title belt and kept it from her. Lynch was furious, and Flair, who had expressed concern about thinking the segment didn't make sense, went out and didn't do as she was told. She was sent home, but was quickly brought back. We were told at the time the decision was made not to punish her or get rid of her because they did not want to hand Flair over to AEW. With Naomi and Banks, even though neither is pushed to the level of Flair, the idea may be the same. Oh, it's I the... think it would be the same. Absolutely. You Absolutely. do not want either of those women going over to AEW. I was talking to you a little bit before the show of like, I have I have been uh, dreaming of having them go to AEW because I actually would love to see Sasha and Naomi join the baddies with Jade. Um, I think that could be amazing. And I think there's a great potential for a sort of longer term storyline where if this happened, Sasha would want to o- take over the baddies because, you know, she's the boss. She's used to being in charge. So you could do like a bullet club level, like story where she eventually takes it over and you have this great, like back and forth between her and Jade. Cause like Sasha makes everyone she works with look amazing. Jade has massively improved already. And since this would happen like later on in the storyline, just oh, it'd be so good. And the Goliath and like David and Goliath match because of their height differences. Like there is not a cat's chance in hell that these two are uh, getting their walking papers here. And like, why? Roderick Strong wouldn't get released. Like Roderick Strong asked for his release and WWE said no. Not because they want to keep him, but because they do not want him going to AEW. And they don't give a monkeys about Roderick Strong. You nope. think they're going to let Sasha Banks walk out of, of WWE and like either go to make a massive star of herself like Batista did or go to AEW and, and help the competition? This isn't like when Steve Austin walked out. They can happily let Steve Austin walk out. There was no competition for him to yep. go to. There's a completely different scenario now. I also think that's why we haven't seen further statements from WWE. I think like, so thinking about it now, that statement and the fact that they haven't done anything else really feels like they were worried Sasha and Naomi were going to, I don't know, start a fire or something. And like, mm-hmm. get I ahead. guess get, get ahead and like do, I, I guess give their side of the story and rally an army or something. I don't know. It just seems so weird that they've, they did that one statement, haven't done anything since, but they're also not releasing them. Cause obviously, like you said, they don't want them to leave. Especially, I think, not Sasha with the fact that she could go do acting like The Rock and Batista and Cena and just completely abandon them altogether. And then Naomi really, they need to bring, they need to do more. If they do keep her and if they like actually come to some sort of agreement, they need to do more with her because she is completely underutilized. And I hate how much they just like constantly sort of build her up and then snatch it all away and just put her back where she was. And it just like, guys, she's amazingly talented. Use her more. 
So we we ragged on the storyline that she had with Sonya Deville. Um, I mean, Pete and Tempest went off on it like every single week on the SmackDown podcast, and rightly so, because it was not a good story. And it was a story that lasted for months and months and months and months and months, but was in first gear the entire time. It was like, it felt like a week one feud, but it lasted for six months. And then it ended very prematurely just to get Ronda over. So it's not a good storyline. However... Sean did an interview with Naomi ahead of WrestleMania, and she said that she really enjoyed that storyline. Why? It's the first storyline she's ever had in WWE that was longer than two weeks. You know what? That's fair. I mean, absolutely it's fair, but also, she's been there a long time. And that's your first story you've had that you can consider to be a good story that you've had? That's an insane prospect. That is, that is. God, I hadn't... Really, that's the longest. I mean, I'm Apparently, I'm thinking like, back and I'm like, I can't what, remember anything else. Done? I mean, even when she was even when she was doing like um Funkodactyl stuff, like back in the day, it really she didn't have stories. What did she do when she was champion? Like she was champion with the glowy belt, but what story did she have when the when she Nothing. was champion? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. No, like it is, I can't either. So like no, I completely agree with you. Like if you do bring Naomi back, and I think that all I think both of them will come back. Yeah. And the reason why I think both of them will come back is the same reason that Mustafa Ali, I think, has come back as well. This is I want to point out this is speculation on my part. Yes. I have not heard anything. I'm not reporting anything. This is speculation on my part. Mustafa Ali came back because he was afraid they were going to freeze his contract. They were going to Brody Lee the situation and keep him like his contract expires in two years' time. He was going to be stuck there. And not only that. If he's not shown up for two years, they can add another two years onto his contract. If you're Banks and Naomi, you have got to just work out the rest of your contract. Otherwise, if you stay at home and you refuse to go to work, your contract is frozen and you are stuck for a longer time. Which is such a situation to be put into. Oh, yeah. Like Language, Angela. Language. Sorry. <laughs> I called Denise out for her. I'm going to call everyone out for her. That's, your... that's, that's absolutely fine. I'm so sorry. And, unless you're Eddie Kingston. I will oh. not tell Eddie Kingston to not swear. Okay, that's... I mean, I wouldn't tell Eddie Kingston to not swear either. I will let him just run wild. Um, so yeah, the... Um, the other side of this, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on and get into the rest of your ultra chat or all of your ultra chats, in fact, um, in just a little moment. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about this is the not just so much the pitting of talent against each other, which we have seen in WWE's met, like a press statement that they've put out. It is also this idea that all of this is Sasha and very little of it is Naomi. So mm-hmm. Adidas Head's thing was like they did this together. Fightful have said they made this choice together. Um, this is what Meltzer wrote in The Observer. Banks, who has walked out before when the decision was made for her and Bailey to lose the tag titles to the Iconics, was already unhappy with WWE going in. After some time, she did return. She had little choice since WWE had her under contract and could freeze her, for, freeze her time for not performing. The situation is similar here in the sense that no matter when Naomi and Banks' contract is set to expire, the company could freeze them until they return to work because they couldn't work anywhere else. Many suggestions included reports this was mainly Banks and that Naomi was coerced and left out of loyalty to Banks or that she was somehow manipulated by Banks. That story came out immediately, but others have said this was very much a joint decision and both of them were of the same mindset. So I think there were some reports. Arian Andrews, the former Cameron, also said to SE Scoops that this is totally Sasha Banks and Naomi was coerced into doing this. I've got to think that this was a joint decision. I, I also really think it's a joint decision. Naomi is does not strike me as a woman who is just going to go along with something that's potentially going to lose her her job or like freeze her contract 
for just because she she's I don't think she'd be forced into that. I, this is yeah. basically the point I'm making. I don't, I just don't think that's a decision that she would make and feel like she was forced into feel like she'd want to be doing it because she was unhappy with what was going on. Naomi's an interesting one as well. Cause Melta was talking in the week about that, like her contract might be expiring soon. Oh yeah. And, I had heard that. Yeah. Uh, and he writes here, it's believed the Naomi's contract was due soon. We were only told that it was surprising that she did this while negotiating a new deal, particularly since new deals in WWE due to the competition are far more lucrative than ever in the past. And most of that being pushed have been gotten major raises to stay. This is also a major political aspect with Naomi, who is the wife of Jimmy Uso, meaning a cousin by marriage to Roman Reigns, the most powerful wrestler right now in the company. The family has a lot of leverage if they want to go to bat for her. I hope that Roman does support the decision. Like, I have no idea. I've not heard anything about, like, his feelings on it. I imagine we won't until it's something official because of his presence or, like, his, um, where he is in the company and everything like that. But I do hope that, like, ultimately he supports it if she was, in fact, getting really bad creative and not actually being respected, which is mm -hmm. what it sounds like. So, very last thing to note. It is SmackDown tonight. Currently, there has been no announced segments. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We all figured that. Oh, yeah, it is Friday, isn't it? It is Friday. It is Friday. <laughs> I do have some wrestling to watch. Uh, we've had no, like, nothing from WWE.com about Sasha and Naomi being on the show. Uh, PW Insider have reported that Jimmy Uso did travel to the show, but Naomi did not travel with him. The report also notes that a subscriber has told them Sasha Banks was on the same flight as them yesterday, and that flight was heading to Minneapolis rather than Michigan. Okay. So uh, how much you want to believe that side of things is, is here and there, but apparently Naomi has not traveled to the show tonight and Sasha is not there either. I mean, I'm not really surprised by that, especially since we've not seen statements from either of them. We've seen nothing else from WWE. I can't expect to actually see them at a show until some conclusion has happened with this. Exactly. Yeah. I, I would say this is, I think quite similar to the Mustafa Ali uh, mm -hmm. situation we had which is that ali was given creative that he didn't like had a major blow up with vince mcmahon and he walked out and yep. he just didn't go to work for like four months or whatever it was i think we may see something similar here where i completely agree until something gets resolved between the two parties we probably won't see a dicky bird from them mm -hmm. and i think they'll probably stay quiet on social media about it as well i think so too just they've been so quiet already i can't imagine them changing and just suddenly you know blurting out everything that's going on and why they're so frustrated. Although that would be nice. Yeah. It, it would be nice to hear from There's some things up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell me which side of the story I'm supposed to believe. Were yes. you supposed to pin Nikki or Sasha? Come on, someone tell me. Someone I... tell me what was the plot <laughs> so that I can be mad about how bad their creative continues to be. I want to be mad about one of these situations. Tell me which one. Um, so yeah, so that is everything. Uh, do you have any final thoughts you want to add uh, onto this before we move into uh, everyone's ultra chats? No, I think, I mean, we've said quite a bit and I just, again, I just, I support them. I hope they get what they're looking for and that it can be resolved smoothly. Indeed. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends at HelloFresh with 50 weekly options, including a rotating selection of items at HelloFresh Market. There are plenty of delicious dishes to choose from, no matter the occasion. HelloFresh offers so many recipes to choose from each week. You'll never need to, uh, you'll never end up in a recipe rut. HelloFresh has options for everyone, including family-friendly, fit and wholesome, quick and easy meals. So there's something to please even the pickiest of eater at the table, even if it is you. There's pescatarian, vegetarian, vegan options, which is very handy for me. I'm a vegetarian. My wife is vegan. 
So there were plenty of options for us to choose from. She's also gluten intolerant. There were options for us there as well. So we were able to tailor our meals and make some really, really tasty stuff. We had this lentil curry the other day Ooh. that was so, so delicious. It was like lentil and sweet potato. And it was just, oh man, it was so, so good. That sounds really, really. delicious. And I've got a super cheesy, this is just for me as well, because my wife don't want it. A super cheesy tomato risotto that I'm going to make over the weekend. And I'm going to have it for my lunches next week. And I'm very, very excited about it. Nice. Oh, that sounds oh, so tasty. I can't so wait did. for my box to show up. <laughs> exactly. So be like me and Angela and click the link in the video description down below and you too can get excited about HelloFresh. You will get 16 free meals and three surprise gifts across six HelloFresh boxes plus free shipping. Uh, and also importantly to me, they are the first carbon neutral kits company. So oh, thumbs up nice. to you. Thumbs up to you. We have been uh, told we have a new edict here at WrestleTalk that we are not to get political because uh, people do want a politics to be kept out of the wrestling, which is why yesterday on AEW's podcast, we just said CM Punk wore a T-shirt. He, 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 he sure did. He wore a T-shirt. It was a T-shirt. Um <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's get into your ultra chats, see what you have to say about this situation. And we are kicking things off here with Mr. C.J. Lilly. Said, can I ask a rhetorical question? Um, 
Right, okay. Uh, so, if you are new to this channel, Chris is a massive Alexa Bliss fan. An Alexa Bliss uh, super fan, uh, you may ask. Um, and what Chris tends to do is that he will uh, read through Alexa Bliss's uh, replies to her tweets, which will usually be filled with people sending hateful things to her, and then he will ask, why do people hate Alexa Bliss? And the answer I always give to you, Chris, and you never seem to pay attention to my advice, don't go looking for it. Because I... Yeah. I, I've never seen anyone say anything horrible out about Alexa Bliss in my entire life because I don't go looking for it. And it, it'll make your life so much richer. It will. It will. And I, I don't know why people would dislike her. She's amazing. She is love And she seems like a swell person. Her favorite Disney movie is a goofy movie. It's my favorite Disney movie. We not mine. Totally it's, gonna... not, it's not mine, but I love that movie. It's such a good oh, one. So good. It is. I mean, look, there's a lot of great Disney movies in the Renaissance era. You know, you can go to Bat for Aladdin. We can go to Bat for Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. But a Beauty goofy and the Beast. movie. Beauty and the Beast. As a Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah, okay. it's my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I think I would have, I'd have Aladdin above Beauty and the Beast. How dare you? What do you mean? I, it's so the no, songs no, it so is. Good. They are both. They are both very good. I just that's the that's the one from my childhood that I just watched over and over and over again. And you will never change my mind that it is not the best Disney film. Hey, if if you give me a karaoke option of what song I'm going to do, I'm probably going to do Gaston because that is a fun. It does song have do some of the best music. Let's let's isn't be it honest. Just, oh, isn't it just that is a great music to have? Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, Chris um, asking why people are upset at Alexa Bliss. The answer is. Just don't go looking for it. it. Don't go looking for it, my friend. Uh, Tony said, I'm tired of people calling Sasha and Naomi unprofessional. They are not slaves to WWE. They have the right to refuse anything they are uncomfortable with. I'm sorry, but working in protest doesn't have the same effect walking out as a statement. It's not a bad shout, actually. I, we got yeah. called out a little bit because on our thumbnail we had for all, and I can see where the confusion of this came we use WWE's code of unprofessional because that's uh -huh. what they called them. It's like, yes. we put it in quotation marks, unprofessional. And I think some people read that as we were calling them unprofessional. Oh, and, whoops. And, yeah, and I, I now looking back at it, I do see, I thought the quotation marks would have been clearer, but I, yeah, you know, if you just see it on page, I think you could probably make that as distinction. So that's more on me than I think anything else. But yeah, I, I think you can make the argument that they were unprofessional in walking out. However, I don't think they were wrong in doing it either. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Devin K. Mercer said, although it wasn't a walkout, didn't Sasha leave after her and Bailey lost the tag titles at WrestleMania a couple of years back to the Iconics? Is this a case of fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me? Now, Devin, it's a curious one there. We did kind of talk about this briefly, but Sasha has, you know, she was very upset with the creative when she and Bailey were the tag team champions and yeah. they, they, were, they were carrying this women's division and then they were just like, oh, we're just going to hand them to the Iconics. Why? What's the plan? Don't have one. You're just going to lose them to the Iconics. And I love the Iconics. So I, so I, I was I was cheering beyond belief. You can go and find this in the archives. I was cheering beyond belief when the Iconics won because they were my team. Um, Same. I actually was very excited when they won. So excited. It was the best thing ever. Uh, but Devin, the reason why I'm curious is, is the uh, the shame on, uh, for me one, shame on me, is it Sasha or WWE you're referring to? Yeah. Hmm. Who is the shame going to there? It's an interesting uh, question. I, I mean, if you're Sasha, like you're under contract, like yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, I like I just I feel so bad for her because she does keep getting really bad stories every time they put her into a tag team, and that seems to be what they really just want to keep having her do. Oh, I know, right? And as as somebody who just had some 
great stories in her early career when she was getting like big and everything like in NXT Mm -hmm. and then going into main roster like that has to be incredibly frustrating for her to suddenly not have any real like focus Mm -hmm. and then for Naomi like she's almost never had any focus as we've clearly discussed considering her the thing with Sonya Deville was her longest plot like that still blows my mind like just neither of them were respected really I feel so bad for Sasha. I really, really do. Not like just in this situation. And the same with Naomi as well, because she is someone who has done so much good for that company and just like always seems to be overlooked for for someone else. Like I she did an amazing job in getting Bianca Belair over. That WrestleMania main event they had last year is one of the best WrestleMania main events in history. It is a incredible match not only for just the in-ring work and the story they were telling the results and how hard sasha worked to put bianca Belair over in that and then really when i think about it what did sasha do for the rest of the year I, not a whole lot not a whole lot and they do and that, that to her all the time they're yeah. like hey we're gonna have you give like we're gonna have you put over this other talent which is what this whole scenario seems like it was kind of about anyways with you know depending regardless of which plot of who was supposed to have who was supposed to pin who is true it's still her putting over other people and not actually like being able to showcase what she does and have her belts mean something and like have people care more uh, I've also just been informed that the chat has just become a, uh, d- a debate about what is the best Disney movie which I'm very happy about like I'm, I'm very happy to see that um, yes yep Oh, actually, and we got is Mod Mother on the poll today. Um, can we get a poll going? Which is better, Beauty and the Beast or Goofy movie? Uh, I think that'd be a, a really interesting one to have. Um, Claude. I feel like I, I feel like that's a little bit unfair advantage. Well, you know what? We'll find out. I feel like less <laughs> people may have seen the Goofy movie. Is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I yeah. feel like that is a little bit more of a niche Disney film. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to know what one of the actual best Disney films is? Like, legitimately. Atlantis. Oh, you never hear love for Atlantis. I, oh my God. Are you kidding me? Mike Mignola? I love him. Um, the, that entire, that entire movie. We're not going to talk about the cartoon or the second film. The first one. <laughs> so good. Oh man. You're getting a lot of love for this in the chat. Where, where is she? Where's social media, Abby? Did you just say, yes, Angela? Yes. <laughs> It is seriously like I think the most underrated Disney film out there. So many people have not seen it. It is brilliant. All of the characters are stunning. You will find somebody that you love. You'll probably find multiple. Just so good. If you haven't watched Atlantis, people, go watch it. Atlantis is so underrated. Atlantis is amazing. Atlantis is so cool. Delightful. My cat's named after the princess in it. Uh, Devin has confirmed with us as well. He originally meant Sasha, but now that you say it, it probably is both her and WWE. Good <laughs> Lord says, I spent 10 years in a call center job that sucked the soul out of me until one day I experienced a moment of clarity where I said, This is never going to get any better. It finally sunk in, and less than an hour later, I quit. Sometimes you just reach breaking points. I got this was shared a lot on Twitter. Um, I think actually Abby um, said this across to me after all of this had come out is that Sasha did the Broken Skull Challenge. Sorry, not the Broken Skull Challenge. Man, I'd love to see her on the Broken Skull Challenge. She did the Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin, where she said, look, I'm in a position now where I'm not just happy to be here. Like, a couple of years ago, sure. 
just yeah. happy to be here. Now, I actually need something out of this. I need to be more than just happy to be here. And that is a superb attitude to have. I completely agree. You should always go into a job, especially after you've been there for as long as Sasha has, and be like, you know, this is not the attitude I want anymore. I can't just keep being happy to be here. Uh, Punk Rock and Soda said, I've got to say, I'm genuinely proud of them for walking out. They stood up for what they believe in, and I'm extremely disappointed in the reports of the locker room not supporting them if they are true. Things can't get better if a stand isn't taken. Uh, and uh, Chris Lee said, um, can we really blame someone not uh, taking being on their side when the bad creative seems to be on your champion? Um, uh, sorry. Um, can we really blame some people not being on their side where the bad creative seems to be your champion or main event raw face both champions at Hell in a Cell so people would kill for that sort of bad creative? Alexa Bliss is one of those people. Uh, so that is Chris kind of taking the side of like, people would really, really like to have the opportunity to win a main event of Raw and then go on to be on a pay-per-view. But I, I kind of agree with what you were saying earlier, that this is more about than just winning one match and then being on one pay-per-view. There's a much yeah. larger picture here, which is that, cool, well, what's then for next month? What's then for the month after that? Why am I holding this belt? Yeah, what's the point of me having this if it's not going to mean anything and you're not going to let me do anything with it? And you're just uh, going to, like, I, I hate that... I hate the idea that they were wanting to use one belt or a pair of belts, I guess, in this case, to put over other belts. Like you have so many female talent and they're all actually quite talented. Use them and spread out some of that, like, just like spread it out, you know? Yeah. Make it so also. you can have everybody doing something and it's not just all your titles constantly weirdly feuding against each other where it gets very kind of boring after a while too. Yeah. Um, and by the same token, you know, like Alexa Bliss has had dog ass creative since she came back. And by that, I mean, she's had no creative since she came back. Yeah. She is a tool for Sonya Deville's storyline that I don't think many people are that into. Uh, Riot DR says, hey, yo, walking out on poor creative may seem unprofessional. Protesting your job for fair and or equal wages can also be seen as unprofessional. Sometimes being a professional is not what is important. Oh, Very Riot true. DR. God, uh, there are some people that chat in a lot onto this show that I absolutely love when they speak up. Raya DR is one of them. Thank you, Raya DR. Uh, legit Underboss said, Luke, speaking of people that I absolutely love, Legit Underboss, thank you. Luke, a goofy movie is the best movie. I2I is an underrated original song. Abso-bloody-exactly. I2I yes. is on my running playlist when I do go for a run, uh, which nice. isn't often, but I absolutely adore that song. Uh, John Wick 1GM says Sasha Banks Naomi contract are supposedly up in the next couple of months. Also, The Emperor's New Groove is an underrated Disney movie. Ah, uh, also a good one. Gronk pull the lever. <laughs> it's really weird that movie, but hilariously I so. I love it for it. Um, also, cannot recommend What a Cartoon enough uh, as a podcast. If you're interested, if you're interested in animation and like the history of animation and how uh -huh. TV show uh, cartoons get made, What a Cartoon is a fabulous podcast with an excellent Patreon that do incredible deep dives nice. into like they do like they just recently released a six-hour podcast on Roger Rabbit. Oh, um, dude, that's awesome! It's real good, and they've done most of the Disney Renaissance movies as well. Highly, oh, highly cool. recommend them. Uh, Will Campbell said, Hi guys, I think it would be cool to see uh, Banks and Naomi in AEW. But with how poorly Tony Khan books his women's division, would that really be beneficial? Yeah, them joining the baddies sounds cool, but would they just be playing second field to Jade for a very long time? 
I don't think so. I feel like, well, I mean, I guess there's the potential of that, but I feel like AEW has been getting better with their women's division. And I think giving, I think the reason I want to see that happen so badly is because part of the problem I have with AEW's women's division is they don't necessarily get very good stories. And I feel like being able to do an in-faction feud that doesn't necessarily just end in them all, like start with them being best friends and end with them just not being best friends anymore would be really good. And I feel like Sasha with her boss character coming in with the backup of Naomi against Jade, who I don't think will take her, you know, her crap or anything like that um, would be a really interesting story. Like it's not something super new, obviously, but we don't see that with the women very often. And I, mm-hmm. I want to see it. Like I want to yeah. see something different. I, I agree with you. Like I made this point, Actually, fun enough, I made this point three years ago when Sasha first tried to leave WWE. Uh, and that is that if Sasha had joined AEW, if she had left WWE and joined AEW, their women's division would have been taken more seriously from the off because I think that Tony would have said, well, I've got a star I can build this around. Mm-hmm. And as a star that people know it's a recognizable star, that gives me something to ground off. What he had in the early days was a pool of talent that not many people knew of. So he's kind of building everyone from the ground up. And in some cases, that has worked quite well. Britt Baker yes. is a great success story for them yeah everyone absolutely. else everyone else maybe not so much but now he's got like a ruby soho and he's got a tony storm and he's got a da 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 and yet i'm sat here being like well adam cole brian danielson and ruby soho all debuted on the same show mm-hmm. brian danielson and adam cole then had lots of storylines that were featured on tv every single week and ruby soho wasn't and yeah I, and like you know i've seen more on tv of Danhausen, jeff hardy kyle o'reilly um uh, Bobby Fish. I've seen more of these guys on TV than I have Tony Storm since she came in. And they came in all around the same sort of time. It's true, but I also think that the flexibility that AEW is offering to their women's, well, just to the wrestlers in general, because it's not just the women that get this, allows them to be a little bit more comfortable with maybe not being on screen as much. Because listen, I get it. Some people don't always want to see the women's wrestling or aren't as into it. And that's fine. Like I understand that not everybody is going to get super into it or be as hyper supportive of it as a lot of this community is and myself are, but they do get to actually do a lot of other things. I mean, Tony storm has other businesses. Jade has other businesses. All of them are actually able to go and do other social media stuff and actually make money off of that, not have it immediately all taken away. And at least with Ruby, I will say at least when she came in, her stuff with Ethan Page on his blog was, I think, really good. And I do think it helped like get people into her, even mm-hmm. though I know not as many people see that because obviously not everybody watches the blog. But it was a really great storyline where they ended up ending going to a, a convenience store afterwards. Ten uh, Rosa said, Sasha and Naomi doing a world tour would be fun. Go to stardom, go to Mexico, go to Europe. That would be so cool. AEW would be fun. Sasha versus Britt Baker. Yes, please. Oh, so, that would be great. So good, right? Like, and that's the other thing I would say about if Sasha and Naomi, like I'm in fantasy booking world now, should have said this to Adam. Adam was asking me in the week, which Adam does every single month, by the way, what should I do for my next fantasy booking warfare video? And like Rodney Dangerfield, I don't get no respect around here. Uh, I should have suggested to him Sasha Banks and Naomi debuting in AEW. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have him do that, that should have been. soon. Yeah. 
I'm going to tell him that should be his next one. I should have told him that earlier. I should have told him that this week. I didn't think of it. Um, because, like, I think those two walking in, like, if you're Tony Khan as a promoter, bang, you can feature them all oh, yeah. the smegging time because everyone will be talking about it. And, like, that is what Tony needs. Like, mm -hmm. Tony Storm left WWE, but there wasn't a lot of fanfare around it. Ruby Soho was just, you know, let go by WWE. These two cats walked out and were officially released. And I paid, I am in fantasy booking warfare speculation stage. If they walked out though, like they'd be on TV all the gosh darn time because it'd be yeah. like, just give them a live mic and just let them have it. It'd be, it would be kind of amazing. Uh, Eternal Blue said, My free member chat lied to me and said it's been seven months when in fact it's my full year anniversary as a member of this channel. How things have changed. I now have a brand new career and a partner. Luke has a kid. Time sure does fly. WWE is still petty, though. Some things never change. Uh, Liam said, uh, like I said a few days ago, I respect them because I want tag team wrestling, especially women's tag team, to be treated seriously. P.S. Lady in the Tramp 2 is the best movie. Ooh, Lady in the Tramp 2? A sequel. You don't hear that very often as you somebody's favorite. Uh, quick update on the poll as well. Uh, a oh, goofy yes, movie is... Uh, Goofy Movie is currently leading the charge. 65% of the poll is That's that. fair. That's, that's fair. <laughs> I understand. Pretty close. Uh, Charles Berg said, I've been going over for a while whether or not this is a work or a shoot. And I've come to the conclusion. I think Cody did actually leave AEW. The first month he was back, I just assumed it was a bold strategy to drum up interest in AEW. But nope, he did just leave. Very good, Charles. You worked yes. us all there. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. Slash Naomi, not a work. Uh, and lastly for now, Cody James 52 said, I'm going to SmackDown today. Wish me luck. Also, random, luck. Question. <laughs> uh, also random question. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Also, Hobby Knight, who are your favorite wrestlers right now slash all time? Oh, um, favorite wrestlers right now are definitely... I'm going to say his name wrong because I always get it wrong. Brian Danielson, is that the correct <laughs> yes, name right Brian now? Danielson, I yeah. flip it every time still. Um, <laughs> also, Malachi Black, because I always call him Alistair because that's the better name, dang it. Um, and then all-time favorite, like, honestly, Asuka. Like, I love Asuka. I'm so glad she's back. I want her to yeah. do more things. Oh, yeah, she is. She is the best. Uh, and who's your favorite Pokemon? Oh, my favorite Pokemon. Uh, I'm going to just. <laughs> oh, but we've I have a lot everyone. of favorite Pokemon and I love like all of the Eevee evolutions. So I'm mm -hmm. going to just, I'm going to say Eevee because, because she can turn into so many different things. Um, so on this channel, um, I've, yes. I've talked about this a lot. I was, um, I was in year eight in secondary school or high school when Pokemon came out. Mm -hmm. Pokemon was something that the year sevens were into. So it was therefore lame. And I <gasps> could not, I was not, I, because that was just, that was the school edict. Wait, you so have be... you, have you not played any of them? Never played a Pokemon any game. Of them? Never really? played a Pokemon game. Never seen the TV show. I've never seen the movies. I have, I have you seen Detective. see the movie? Oh my God. Luke. I've seen, I've seen, I have seen Detective Pikachu though, because I, I, and I quite enjoyed that, but I've never played any of the, the games. <laughs> <laughs> because oh I was not allowed to. It was a year seven thing. It was a year seven thing. Whatever. So that's what? school edict. It's just the way that the school system works. Is that if I did that, I'd get beaten up more than I already was, and I was already okay, getting beaten fine. up quite a bit. And I was trying not to get more beaten up. 
you, well, that's why you like it like on the down low <laughs> and you still play it. No, oh, that's, that's totally reasonable. Although I will say the first Pokemon movie legit made me cry. Um, <laughs> and I saw it like 12 times in theaters. <laughs> I have like four of my Mew cards went back when they were giving those out because they would give you like this um, holographic uh, ancient Mew card. And I think I got like four of them before they stopped. Like they ran out of production and everything like that. Uh, I, I mean, trust me, it's one of my great life regrets that I was born a, a year too late, uh, if, if anything. I mean, if you I definitely been... had total control over that. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I'd have been born in, like, the summer of 86, then I would have been a year seven when Pokemon became popular in the UK, and I would have, like, probably been massively into it. Because, like, I, you know, I, I have these chats with people. Like, Pete's massively into his Pokemon, as are a lot of I need to talk with office. him about Pokemon more. Yeah, and then like every year I tune into Games Done Quick and there's so many like Pokemon blocks on there and I would love to sit down and watch them, but I just don't, I can't follow along with what's going on because I don't play the games and I'm a bit confused by the whole thing. So yeah, it's, it's a blind spot for me. Um, you, should watch, like, you should watch somebody's Nuzlocke of Pokemon because that's fun even if you don't really know because you end up, there's, there's so many limitations on what you can do because of the challenge of that particular form of playing the game that I think you might enjoy it. I still know all the words of the theme song, though, because... Well, I mean, you you can't not know the words of the theme song. Who doesn't know that? Like, exactly. honestly, who does? Through through general osmosis, I think everyone knows the, the words of exactly. the theme song. Exactly, exactly. Um, we've rattled on about Pokemon so much, we've had more Ultra Chats come in. Uh, Eva Cassidy said, I hate the idea that Sasha Naomi aren't justified because there are people with worse creative. Just because you may have had it bad doesn't mean the people who have had it less bad can't stand up for themselves. And excellent excellent yes, point exactly um and plot twist jones who's been a member for 10 months said uh dave they can't beat them clean what does a pay-per-view match do wwe cody versus seth after cody versus seth won clean at wrestlemania or you know any other feud yeah that that happens all the time like they do yeah, that that happen. wouldn't matter yeah it does happen all the time uh, but that is going to wrap it up for this episode angela thank you so much for joining me today uh again i should have should have apologized for winning at quizzlemania um oh hang on sorry we've just had uh, a couple of more ultra chats come in oh. so sheldon jackson said will we ever see you two on blood on the clock tower in person or on board game club in person i mean i would absolutely love to be there in person. Unfortunately, there is a massive ocean in between us, but it is something that I want to eventually down the line discuss with y'all. So hopefully. Well, I mean, I can say, you know, if I was to, you know, uh, leak out some, in, you know, insider information, it's been talked about whether or not another in-person one happens, but you know, names come up when you talk about it. Uh, fun fact, I was supposed to be on the in-person uh, in Blood in the Clock Tower. I was wondering because uh, I did yeah. see that you were you were missing from that, and I was a little surprised. I was supposed to be on it, uh, however, oh. uh, I so I actually had some like holiday booked for that week. Adam booked it for the week I wasn't going to be there, so then we were sort of shifting around. I was going to move my holiday somewhat, um, and in the end, I made the decision that I had to be a father, and my kid was really struggling to sleep, and my kid was like her her sleep cycle was really starting to get bad. And it was affecting us and it was affecting us sort of mentally and physically and stuff. And it was affecting her mentally and physically. So I took the week off work to help her and Aww. help her like get in. And now she sleeps brilliantly and this and the other. And it's, it's been totally worthwhile. It doesn't stop me watching the in-person Blood on the Clock Tower thing and getting massive FOMO because I should have been there. Uh, there's I... extra space there for me. 
They, oh, I'm so sorry that that happened. But to be fair, though, that is so sweet. And I'm glad that she's sleeping better. And that yeah, hopefully too. you guys are sleeping better because oh, that I, must I, suck. I've got my evenings back, Angela. I can, watch, I can watch TV of an evening now. I wasn't doing that for like four months. I mean, Amazing. I haven't done that since December. Like, Which I can is sit crazy because you, you watch a lot of like you keep up with a lot of the shows and like movies and stuff, don't you? I, I know. Yeah. And like me and my wife weren't having dinner together. We are now. And it's so much Good. better this way. Uh, and so with that, I was meant to do the in-person blow on the clock tower, and I was also meant to record two uh, board game club episodes, and I didn't get to do either of them, and two games as well that I really wanted to play. One of them they picked specifically because I was going to be on the episode. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah, no. It's, it's really sweet, but um, I, I couldn't do either of them. But well, down the we'll line, just have to invite you back later. Exactly. Down the line, I should be on a, an in-person uh, blood on, uh, sorry, I should be there for a future board game club episode it's just it's tough i know i digress i've got one more chat to do it's just tough because they film them on mondays and tuesdays on mondays uh -huh. i do the news and tuesdays i review raw so it's just it's uh, very difficult for me to find the time to be able to do all of it got it that makes total sense uh, and lastly vash ts says um uh i couldn't argue with them walking out some people want to see the status quo and honestly you can only beat your head against a wall so much before you realize this hurts and i shouldn't be doing it also, why is there no love for Oliver and Company? Oliver and Company is another really highly underrated. It's because it's because a lot of people I don't think saw it. Yeah, like, that's exactly why. Yeah, it was in that period of time where people weren't going to watch. Also, Disney talk movies. about another one that makes you cry. Like, I do you know what? I've got a lot of love for Basil the Great Mouse Detective, and that is another yes. one that people just don't see because it came out in like 1986 when they were making yep. dog ass like movies and making no money. Also, that movie is like 65 minutes long with credits because wow. no money was given to yeah, us. Yeah, no, it was like has nothing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Angela, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Please plug away. You've just had a video go live uh, in the last hour or so. So please plug away. Uh, you can find me on all social media at hobby underscore night. I did, in fact, just have a video go live. So if you've ever been interested in painting yellow armor on your space marines or your orcs or what other, other army or miniature you might be painting, check it out because that's what I'm covering this week. It is excellent video. I was just watching it beforehand. It's nice. superb work as always. I mean, particularly because, so I'm, I've got my unmatched boxes. And I've got quite a few unmatched things now. Mm -hmm. uh, Adam said to me, are you going to paint them? And I said, I don't want to ruin them. So I don't, that's I, that's ev that's what Pete said to me too, because he's like, because I asked him when I was on the podcast with him last week. I was like, oh, so you're gonna paint your unmatched figures? He's like, no, I'm really worried about ruining them. And I'm like, you just gotta jump in. You just gotta go. You just gotta do it. You can if you really hate it, you can always one buy another box, or you can get something <laughs> to practice on first. That's what but, I may do. I mean, you've seen my Necromunda figures from when I was a teenager. Yeah, and they were like, great. Yeah, um, I think great's a strong word. Well, okay. Well, for, for, for the time, <laughs> for what you may have been put an effort into it, like, I think they were lovely. Listen, I think everybody should just try it once, paint whatever they want to. It doesn't matter what your skill level is. As long as you're having fun doing it, I find it very stress relieving. Well, Angela, thank you so much for joining us as always. And thank you to every single one of you that has watched this show. Please, while you are clicking links, click the link in the video description down below to check out this episode's sponsor, Hello Fresh, and get yourself some excellent free stuff through our link. In fact, what do you get free? Well, I'll tell you what you get free. You get 16 free meals and three surprise gifts across six HelloFresh boxes using our link in the video description down below. We love HelloFresh. It is an excellent service. You are all excellent people.
Angela, uh, what have you got planned for this weekend? Honestly, I am going to be spending some time with my husband because his birthday was this week and we had to skip it a little bit because of some other stuff that was going on with filming and recording and all of that nonsense. So I think we're going to take it easy. We might go to a movie. Like I haven't seen Multiverse of Madness yet, so <gasps> we might go see that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, but I think it's going to be a, hopefully a chill, chill weekend just doing some fun things. So how is your unmatched playing at the moment? Because you, I, I saw on, on Instagram you were doing that a lot this week. Yes. So we've been playing a ton of board games because um, we've had a lot of free time recently. And I have been loving it. So I will admit when we first played Unmatched, we uh, we forgot the boost rule. Oh, yeah. And I, the first game that we played against was I was playing Buffy. My husband was playing uh, Angel. And Buffy's faster than Angel. So I just kept being able to like go in, stab him, step back and really get away. And um, and he was never able to really like catch me very well because I could keep and and I had um, I was using Giles. So I was able to look at his hand of cards all the time. So I just kept discarding all of his big attacks so that he was never able to hit me. And it felt really one sided and we didn't enjoy it. So we didn't play it for a super long time. But you guys actually talk about unmatched all of the time. And I know it's oh, yeah. one of Adam's like favorite games. So I was like, we should play it again. Cause I feel like we got something wrong. And it turns out we did. And now that we're actually playing it correctly, we're like, oh, this is quite fun. I'm enjoying good, this. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. And there's lots of characters to play with too, which is great. Yeah. So I've got the Cobble and Fog and the two Marvel ones. Um, nice. Cobble and Fog's great because I love playing as the Invisible Man. He is like legit my favorite character in Unmatched. Love playing as the Invisible Man. Nice. Like moving you between the like fog Spike seconds. then because Spike, I think, plays very similarly to him. He's also got a shadow mechanic. Oh, um, cool. It's because I think, I don't know, I think Cobble and Fog was first. Mm. Um, so I think Spike sort of uh, iterated on that design. Um, yeah, I was looking I'm at the Buffy box set. Yet, specifically. It, it's expensive to buy now because it's out of print. So like, oh, is that one like out out of? Print I think now? it's like out of print I now. See. Yeah, like even when I've searched for it, it's like a hundred quid. Um, it's the same one like the you know the first Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic Park one they had. Yes, like, I think that's now like a hundred quid as well. Oh yeah, that that makes sense. I think that was literally their first one. So yeah, thankfully though, that. we've got the Ellie Sadler T Rex uh, expansion coming out very soon. So that would oh, be. Oh, like I had missed that announcement. Cool. <gasps> oh, it's very cool. The um, <laughs> the Ellie Sadler comes with an Ian Malcolm and. Ooh! It's not just nice. a little token. It is actually a mini, and oh, it's Ian Malcolm cool. in the pose of him laying down. Really, that's <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's gonna be so good. Yeah, so I'm really really pleased with that. I need to um, be painting some of those miniatures. I haven't painted any of my unmatched ones. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? Like Adams, the stuff that he's done on it is really really good. Oh yeah, no, I love seeing what he's been doing with his unmatched figures. I was um I was chatting with him the other day because uh, they were at work. They had some after work drinks on. Uh, Wednesday and they went back to the office and they were just playing some unmatched stuff right and uh -huh. Terry editor Terry she won like all of the games she won a tag team match and she beat Adam and Pete like in a, in a sort of a three-way thing and so Terry was then boasting about how she won and I was and as I always do I use this as a way to needle Adam to be like oh so Adam you lost at your own game then and Adam said I don't think I've ever said it's my game I said Adam you've literally said this is my game I think, me, I think I've heard him say that. And he I'm pretty sure he said, said that in a video. He did. He turned to me and he said, what's your source on that? I said, you, you're my source on that. You said it in the Lord of the Board video. And he's like, oh yeah, I did say that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, Adam, you did. 
Yeah. You did say it was your game. You know what your game's actually going to be, though, Adam? Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah, that'll that'll be how I, I end up being on Board Game Club, is that I'll be roped in to play one of the Monopoly games. Okay, I, I hope that you guys get some themed ones, though. Um, oh, yeah. To, to, to vary it up, and, like, I hope the 40k one is in there. <laughs> So I know when we um so one of the first videos I did for Neuros Bard was is Monopoly actually good? And I filmed that down at Drafts in Waterloo. So it wasn't the, the a one where we currently film. But they oh, had, I didn't like, realize a... there were multiple drafts. Yeah, there's two of them. Yeah. Like so oh, one of them cool. is in Waterloo. That's where me and my friends used to go to. It's where Adam used to work at funny fun facts. It's where we cool. used to go to because that's where we used to meet up to play D D. Oh, um, very cool. Because it was like an, it was a central location for us all to get to. Quite literally, it's in central London. Uh, a central location for us all to get to uh, after work. But it also means that you go to drafts in the evening and people are playing bloody Jenga. And Jenga is very loud and very distracting when you're trying to get into character. Is it really that popular over there, Jenga? Massive. Oh, it, it certainly is in drafts. Because drafts, are, are ca- like it has a lot of casuals come in. Because yeah, it's, yeah. A fun, it's like a fun evening to do. And I totally, that's what I love about board gaming as a hobby is yeah. that it is a hobby that literally anyone can pick up and do and so you know like there are people go there after work and be like oh, and what they'll tend to do is rather than go for one of the more harder games which is understandable you just pick out the ones you already know you pick out guess who you pick out monopoly yeah you you go for the mattel and the hasbros exactly yeah and you pick jenga because mm-hmm. jenga is a fun thing because everyone it makes a loud clatter noise and everyone goes whoa so yeah. it's a very fun thing to do so i totally get it but also i'm also, trying to dexterity play games are a lot of fun though Oh yeah. You know what um, they should have they what they should have is I wish this was a game that actually um was was known a little bit more. Junk art is a great dexterity game that still has wooden pieces that can clatter, but it's I don't know, I think it's a lot more engaging because in that in junk art you were basically making junk art pieces with a bunch of different shapes, but they're sort of odd shapes and you end up the way that you can play because there's multiple different ways to do it. But the way that I've played it most is you have a hand of cards which gives you various shapes that you can give to your opponent. You give them two of these cards, they pick the one that they actually want to use so that they, way they still get some choice, but you're kind of dictating what their art piece is going to look like. And then there's a bunch of like scoring points for how tall it is. Like if two colors are touching each other, then you get extra points for that. If you have two shapes touching each other, et cetera. And it's really, really fun and very, very colorful mm. and way cooler than Jenga. So <laughs> they should have that. <laughs> So, so I know that they've got a bunch of themed monopolies at the the drafts mm-hmm. in both Waterloo and the one we film at. Of course, uh, they're, they're a Sonic Sonic Boom Monopoly. Oh my God, <laughs> that should be one of the ones he has to play. Yeah, not Sonic the Hedgehog Monopoly specifically. Sonic do Boom you, Monopoly. Do you know if he's going to end up doing like anti Monopoly? Like, will that be included? I don't think so. I think we are. Okay. I think the idea is we're just going to play. The standard, normal monopoly. The normal monopoly, but like, you know, try and pick up some of the themed ones as well. They should and get guess, cheaters monopoly if you can get that. Yeah. Because like that one's you're designed to cheat at. So it could be yeah. fun. Well, the problem is we don't want to make it fun. Like we don't want him to enjoy his time in there. The ground, I mean, as I said, like I'm gonna be playing one of the games with him. Like so, so the, the first thing we I ever did for the channel was do this monopoly. And this game lasted for four hours. And I was out I was out first, and I was out after the first hour. So oh, I no. tested it for three hours. I got real Why bored. Why did it go so long? It's because, I don't know, Laurie and Blair just stuck in till the end and just like kept like going around Were the board. You... One of them would like lose all of their cash, but then Laurie would land on one of her pieces and she would get all of her cash back. And it was just, they were basically just swapping money back and forth. I, were you, I thought, I thought there were ways to like prevent that from happening, but I guess maybe... 
I don't know. I just, I, there's, well, people play Monopoly incorrectly all of the time. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you, were you following the, the rules? Okay. Sure we were. I mean, okay. I also can tell you, it lasted, I actually walked away from the table for a good portion of the video. And then Adam, told, Adam told me off because he was like, you do know this is a video thing, right? And I was like, all right, okay. And when I sat back at my seat, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, like James isn't going to keep any of this in the edits. Like, this is boring. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's gonna not going to be used. This, he's going to edit this four-hour game down to two and a half minutes. Like, I think me getting up for 20 minutes isn't going to make the edits. I think it's probably fine. Probably. Probably. Um, anyway, Angela, thank you so much for joining us again. We will uh, for sure have you on the podcast. And yeah, like if you are ever in the neighborhood, we would love to have you take you out for a drink at Drafts. Absolutely. We'll go, some, we'll go and play some board games together. I would expect nothing less. In fact, I'd be very disappointed and kind of offended <laughs> if you guys did it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you all for listening. Pete and Tempest are back tomorrow doing the SmackDown and AEW Rampage review. And then Ollie Davis and I will be back. It's a very busy week next week because it is double or nothing next week. Oh, yeah. I forgot. So yes. Yeah, so we'll be doing double or nothing predictions. There'll be a double or nothing review. Ollie and I will be doing the live reactions to it. So good. actually, I'm going to watch now. Punk or Hangman? I kind of want Punk to win. Like, I love Hangman. I really do. And I loved his story getting up to this. But, like, I am not... I think it's just because I'm not a huge fan of this particular version of, of Hangman. Like, I understand it. I know exactly what they're doing. But I'm just like, I just... I don't like seeing him be mean to the Dark Order. They're my yeah. boys. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hate I get that he's it. being so mean to them right now. And so I think I want Punk to win just so that he has something to chase again. Yeah, I think that is fair. But Hangman is my champion. I'm, That's fair. I'm That's absolutely fair. Team Hangman all the way. Which is funny because I'm not even a huge like punk fan. Like I only recently got into him. I I I was not watching wrestling when he was a thing. And mm. so I, I never saw like the um pipe bomb promo until much, much later and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not even a huge punk fan. And I've adored everything Hangman's done. I think, you know what it is? It's partially also because my my love of Hangman was interrupted by AMC when I went and did a um, the pay-per-view where he won his championship. I went and watched it in a, in a theater. They cut the stream <gasps> before the end of the match. No. And they didn't get it on in time. So everybody oh. in that theater did not see the ending. Like I obviously Ugh. saw it later, but it completely destroyed that pay-per-view for us. Yeah. Because we had been, that's what we were there for. And they ended the show before it was actually over. And I think they lost so much money on that show. No, like everybody no got a refund. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah. It was um, anyway, we'll get to these predictions coming up yes. next yes. Thursday. I think we'll be doing those predictions and the review will be out the following week. Thank you, Angela, as always. And thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.